Jeffrey Lickman for Beyond the Legal Limit. It's January 15th, Martin Luther King Day. It's a holiday. Hopefully, none of you people are working. I'll be working. And I apologize for the long break since the last podcast, but but I was sick for like nearly a month, I would say, about 27 days. Never been sick as long in my life like this. I had the flu, which started out as my fever got very high, and then it kind of went up and down, and eventually I somehow got a strep throat in the middle of it. Antibiotics, all sorts of medication. Eventually, I got better. I wouldn't say that I'm 100%, if you can believe, but I'm pretty much. And I have to tell you, first thing, I didn't get a flu shot this year like an idiot, just utter stupidity. The only other time in my adult life that I didn't get a flu shot, I got the flu twice that season. And this is like ignoramus level stupidity. You know, we're adults here. You get a flu shot. And I don't want people to think, well, it's, you know, I didn't like the COVID vaccine, so I can't trust the flu. That That's what has happened because of the lies that we received about the COVID vaccination. It was a complete pack of lies. We were told it would end COVID. It didn't do anything even remotely what we were told it would do. And there's been a lot of ramifications. Sickness since then, people have had heart issues. And many people, I don't know hardly any, that are willing to continue to take the boosters. Forget the initial COVID vaccination, but nobody wants the boosters at all. And I I think that people need to understand is that the flu shot began being given in a widespread manner like 80 years ago. Like I think it was like the 1940s. Of course, the guy who invented it also invented the polio vaccine. The flu vaccine and the polio vaccine were invented by Jonas Salk. And he basically saved the world himself. I mean, this guy did the polio and the flu vaccine. So many people were uh, killed by it, by both of these. My point is you can trust the flu vaccine because it was tested for such a long period of time. It wasn't tested for like an hour the way the COVID vaccination was. And P.S., by the way, Jonas Salk was an immigrant Jew. So all the leftists and Islamists who were listening today and calling for all of us to be gassed, don't get the polio vaccine. I hope you end up dying in an iron lung somewhere, not being able to breathe because all of your muscles are paralyzed from polio. But, you know, this is a happy podcast, so I I digress. I do believe that getting the COVID vaccine may have caused the ridiculous amount of time that I was sick. My entire life, I've never been sick the most ever from the flu was two weeks. This was like 27 days. I mean, it was utter madness, and I'm not the only one that this has happened to. I've heard about this, uh, have a couple of friends that had it, were sick for months. Something changed. Is it just this season? I don't know. I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it at all. I think that the COVID vaccination changed people physically, and I regret getting it. I'm not one of these anti-vaxxer lunatics, but something wasn't right what they gave us. And we were lied to. When you get lied to by the people that are claiming that they're going to make you healthy, it's a scary thing and it's hard to believe anything they say. But anyway, during the time that I was off and I couldn't do a podcast, I had some time to reflect. And when I reflect, I try to simplify things. I try to think like cut through the noise, the chatter, and see things for what they really are. That's what's important. Not to let the noise around you confuse you. See things clearly. And what I came up with was just a very universal, obvious, important thing that sometimes gets lost in the shuffle lately. And this is a really stark truth, and it considers the times that we're in now. And it's the same thing I told my friend, my lawyer friend, Furnish, about 10 years ago. He didn't listen. He doesn't listen. I remember having a long argument with him. God, it's got to be at least 10, 15 years ago about Turkey, the country, and about how they were a Muslim terror state. And he said, no, 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 they're secular. I said, no, no, you're not listening. Turkey's bad. 
Their new leader is an Islamist. He's going to turn Turkey into a Muslim terror state like Iran. I was right. He was wrong. And what I'm about to say to you is what I told him 10 years ago, and I harped on him for years after. Now he gets it. He didn't listen then, but he should have. I told him 10 years ago, stop talking to liberals. Stop interacting with them. They're not your friends. They're not harmless. Now, this may seem simple now, but it wasn't so simple 10 years ago or so, maybe more than 10. Let me just tell you to begin with, I only refer cases to conservative defense lawyers, and it's seven figures a year. It's not, it's not minor stuff. I don't want you to think that I'm not picking the best lawyers for the job when I refer a case out to someone because it immediately disqualifies 80% of the criminal defense bar, which is mostly leftist slop. The leftists as lawyers are almost universally weaker people with less personal conviction. They make excuses. You can't depend on them. And I'm also thrilled to help people who think more like me instead of people who hate my guts. As far as I'm concerned, liberal lawyers, liberal people, they can starve. And we should starve them at every given opportunity because they don't have good intentions for us. Back when I was in school, liberals weren't as dangerous as they are now. I was a liberal. Now, I wasn't like a crazy liberal. I was, I suppose, a middle-of-the-road liberal. But when Obama got elected, you could see the writing on the wall. They, the liberals were activated. They were different kinds of liberals. They were crazy. Now things are so much worse. Liberals are actively trying to destroy America. It's no longer a luxury of just not speaking to them. It's a life-saving necessity. You don't talk to them. Back when I was in college, if you disagreed politically with the other side, you still knew that the guy in the White House was going to protect America. You still knew that members of Congress wouldn't be openly aligning with our enemies who have just killed Americans. It was impossible to even imagine this type of thing. Now, you got a number of leftist Democrats who are openly aligned with Iran, openly aligned with Hamas and the Houthis, the new Muslim terror group that's been in the news. These leftists in Congress, they ignore the murder of Americans. They ignore the murder of our allies by these Muslim terror groups. They're calling for open borders, which now 13 million illegals later is clearly destroying America. We've had a fraction of illegals come in for decades compared to what we've had now. America's being destroyed. It's, it's, it's fairly obvious with all of these illegals coming in. You've got somebody like AOC. What is her name? I, I never get this. Alexandra Fernandez Cortez, whatever, something like that. Whatever. It's close enough. AOC. She can't shut up about Israel and her claim that Israel's committing genocide 5,700 miles away from the district she represents. But when asked last week if she was okay about a Brooklyn high school, which was shut down midweek so that illegals could be housed in the gym, she said, quote, it's not my district. I'm not going to talk about it. But Israel killing terrorists, which massacred 1,200 of their citizens, 5,700 miles away, is apparently within her district, which covers the Bronx and Queens. Cori Bush, that vile, slob congresswoman from St. Louis, said she cried tears of hope when leftists in St. Louis passed a measure calling for a ceasefire between Israel and the Palestinian terrorists. Of course, it's non-binding, useless, an idiotic vote for nothing at all, but other than hoping to keep the terrorists alive who killed 39 Americans in November. Forget that St. Louis is either the most dangerous or third most dangerous city in America, depending on which statistics you look at. Cori Bush is a zombie Jew hater, and she cares about one thing and one thing only, and it's not her constituents. This is leftism. Yes, the crazy leftists in America who openly support Hamas call for the death of Americans and Jews are the same ones who now support the Houthis. You've read about them in the news and are having the same insane rallies for the Houthis all over America. Now, keep in mind that the Houthis, I'm going to give you a little bit of background, because nobody really knows about them, except me, because this is my thing, this is my jam. 
The Houthis are a totalitarian dictatorship funded by Iran. They're unable or unwilling to pay salaries to their government employees. They've cracked down on freedom of expression and assembly. They have had a massive campaign of youth radicalization under the slogan of defending the homeland against, quote, Saudi Zionist American aggression. And they've restricted women's rights to work and travel. They've reintroduced slavery to Yemen. You know, leftists love slavery. Remember, that's what we were told, right? They've hijacked international aid. They assassinate their opponents and journalists who report the truth about them. They enforce gender segregation. They're basically the Taliban in Yemen. You want to know what their slogan is? Just in case you're not convinced yet, here is their slogan. God is the greatest, death to America, death to Israel, a curse upon the Jews, victory to Islam. We have American congressmen and senators who openly support these terrorists, and they say that they're not even Jew haters, when that's basically all they are. Listen to their fucking slogan. They're telling you what they are. Connecticut Senator Chris Murphy, another crazed leftist, has fought from keeping the Houthis off the designated terrorist list. Why? Why are American leftist politicians supporting our worst enemy on earth, Iran, and their terrorist proxies? Beyond attacking Americans in the Middle East, because they've certainly uh, been responsible for that, the Houthis are now attacking maritime vessels with ballistic missiles in areas of trade movement that are the busiest in the world. The Houthis claim they're just attacking Israel-related ships. Why are you bothering us? We're allowed to kill Jews. That's what the world says. It's just the Jews. But they're not. It's not just Israel-related ships. And even if it was, who cares? They're still doing it. But now they're, they even attacked a Russian ship the other day. So what is America to do? What is the world to do? Just let these maniacs continue to fire missiles at ships in this trade area, which is basically an act of war against any country which uses these passageways for trade. How do you think you feed your people? You need those passageways. Don't think, and and, and listen, don't think for a second, stuff that occurs thousands of miles away there doesn't impact what's happening within our own borders. Look at the hypocrisy in our actions over there and here. The hypocrisy of the left is just stunning. It's no longer just amusing or funny. It's getting us killed. There was a rally for the Houthis last week in New York City, a mile from Ground Zero, where other Muslim terrorists who the Houthis worship, killed 3,000 Americans. Protesters in the crowd attacked a couple carrying an Israeli flag during the hands-off Yemen rally by uh, First Avenue, and I think it was in the 50s. This is not to be confused with the rallies for Hamas, who killed 39 Americans in October. The couple carrying the Israeli flag was attempting to wade through the crowd with their dog when the man was pushed, his Israeli flag was snatched out of his hands by protesters. They tried to light it on fire because this is what they fucking do. This is all they are. Long live Hamas, you piece of shit. A man wearing a free Palestine flag uh, shirt yelled at the pair who were separated from the rest of the crowd. This is what they are. In New York, they're calling to support the Muslim, the same Muslim terrorists who celebrated on 9-11 and have killed so many Americans. This is what leftists have allowed New York City to become, a safe haven for Muslim terror. It's no joke. Their attack on the World Trade Center was the only shot needed in a war in which they have won New York City. They have taken it over. New York City is done. I hope when the next terror attack occurs there in New York City, I'm not present. But New York City deserves it. I'm not going to lie. They deserve it, and I'm kind of rooting for it a little bit. Something's got to teach these animals a lesson. You can't allow this to happen in your city, especially where where 9-11 occurred. Is this what we want our country to be, to be held hostage to? A bunch of leftist Muslim terror supporters in America? We're going to give the country away city by city? I mean, it's crazy. Look what happened outside the White House over the weekend. The exterior fence was damaged and nearly overrun by Hamas supporters. How are we letting this happen? Look, I hate Joe Biden, but he's our president, all right? 
I don't want some scummy Muslim terror supporters attacking the White House. Liberals are doing the attacking, along with their Muslim co-conspirators, and liberal prosecutors are refusing to hammer these people. Look, if you consider January 6th to be an insurrection worthy of people spending five years in prison, if you're a Hamas supporter and you're trying to break into the White House, you should be getting years in jail as well. But it's not happening because liberals occupy every district attorney's seat in every major American city just about. And they won't prosecute their own the way they should be. This is the disease of liberalism. It's rotting out our great nation from the inside. Back to the latest news that the leftists are screaming about. Joe Biden attacked the Muslim terror group, the Houthis, in Yemen late last week. Now, don't get excited. Don't think for a second suddenly Joe Biden grew a pair of balls when he attacked them. No chance. Listen to me. He's calling for Hamas to be saved in Gaza one day, and you think he wants to destroy the Houthis at the same time? Listen to me closely, and I will tell you no lies. Biden clearly is trying to stop Israel's war to destroy Hamas. Why? Because he's getting massive pushback from Muslims and leftists in his party who are threatening not to vote for him in November. That's clear as a bell. There is no other earthly reason that someone who cares about saving lives, who cares about the lives and security of America and an American ally, would, would want Israel not to finish off Hamas. Because if they're allowed to continue to exist, Hamas, they have promised to massacre and rape more Israelis, which will bring about another catastrophic war in Gaza, killing another 20,000 people or so, because Hamas fights war by hiding among civilians in order to get them killed, with the expectation that the world will want to stop these deaths of so-called innocents and stop Israel's attack. It's not like Hamas can, is going to stop Israel in a conventional war. They need to resort to the typical cow cowardly, scumbag, Muslim terror way. So any sane person who wants lives saved wants the terrorists destroyed. We discussed this on podcast after podcast. This is not a new concept. I'm getting away from it now. But there's this little problem of votes for Joe Biden. He has an election coming up, and he needs all the votes he can get, including the scumbag leftists and Islamists. Just because they love Hamas and want Jews and Americans dead doesn't mean that their votes don't count, unfortunately. And these leftists and Islamists, they don't care about Palestinian lives. They care about destroying Israel. If they cared about Palestinian lives, they would open their mouths when thousands of Palestinians were being slaughtered in Syria a few years ago. Not a peep from them. They would commit violence on the streets of New York City, Chicago, D.C., every time Muslims are being slaughtered by other Muslims all over the globe. But they don't. They never do. Just now, when they can blame it on the Jew. So anyway, Biden gets heckled. This is incredible. He gets heckled at a campaign event last Monday at a church in Charleston, South Carolina. Keep in mind that South Carolina hasn't been won uh, by a Democratic presidential candidate since 1976 and is surely going Republican this coming November. Biden has no chance to win that state. He has no reason to need to appease any of the hillbillies at the rally. But he gets heckled about the war in Gaza by some political plant. Some leftist Islamist freaks were there who hate America and Israel. And Biden should have said, quote, you know what? Go fuck yourself, you America-hating communists. But he's Biden and he's weak and he's old and he's always been an appeaser. So he goes off script and he tells the truth and he says the following, quote, I understand their passion and I've been quietly working with the Israeli government to get them to reduce and significantly get out of Gaza. And I'm using all that I can to do that. Are, are you kidding me? You're going to appease some leftist Islamist freaks who claim that Hamas are freedom fighters? That America is evil? Keep in mind that these are the same leftist freaks that are demonstrating outside The Hague where the United Nations is having a kangaroo court uh, a hearing convened by South Africa to officially label Israel's response in Gaza to be a genocide. This is an utterly corrupt nation of savages, South Africa. They're claiming that Israel, which is currently fighting genocidal Muslim terrorists, that they're the ones committing a genocide. 
a country which warns people to leave an area before they bomb it, allowing terrorists to escape, are committing genocide, not the people who took videos of themselves massacring and beheading and raping innocents. And how were the leftists demonstrating there, outside the Hague, against Israel? They're calling for the destruction, the genocide of Israel. You cannot make this shit up. Of course, the next day after Biden said what he said, the Biden administration had to clean up his his pitiful attempt to appease these uh, America-hating leftists and Islamists. John Kirby, his spokesperson, spokesman, can I say spokesman? Is that all right? I'm not going to offend anybody's pronouns. Kirby stated that the administration's position remained the same, that a ceasefire at this point would only benefit Hamas. Quote, we do continue to support humanitarian pauses, but not a general ceasefire right now. The president wasn't signaling any change at all, Kirby said, except that he did say something completely the opposite when he was off script. You got Biden appeasing terrorists publicly and Kirby the next day saying something completely the opposite, all because of politics. Is this what we want? Our national security to be shaped solely by politics and votes, not what is best for our own safety? We got to appease a tiny few bunch of lunatics and it could cost American lives? Like, that's just nuts, man. That's nuts. So back to the Houthis, all right? What they're doing, beyond launching missiles at Israel, an ally of ours, what they're doing is having a massive impact on the world due to the impact on trade. Shipping, now listen to these numbers. I looked them up. Shipping volumes in the region have crashed. In mid-November, around 5.66 million metric tons of cargo were passing through the strait in the Red Sea every week. By mid-January, this had fallen to 2.69 million metric tons, a drop of 52%. For context, I'm going to give you some context. During the COVID lockdowns, when supply chains were disrupted, the volume of shipping through the strait only fell around 20%. And this was easily enough to spark inflation in America because it adds costs to goods. Similarly, the Suez Canal. In mid-November, the canal was accommodating 5.99 million metric tons of cargo per week. By mid-January, this had fallen 49%. During the COVID lockdown, traffic in the Suez Canal only fell 23%. Biden, this is the reason why he attacked the Houthis. Biden can't afford any more inflation here. The country already thinks he's done a horrible job with the economy. It's the most important issue to many Americans, the economy. That's why he's suddenly awake and attacking the Houthis. For votes. Because he doesn't want cost of goods to go up. Forget that Hamas killed 39 Americans on October 7. Why didn't Biden attack Hamas then? Because those deaths didn't cost him any votes. They're just Americans who died. You think he cares? He doesn't. The Houthis have launched ballistic missiles at Israel to try to kill Israelis. They've launched drone attacks on Israel. Israel has never had any hostile dealings with Yemen, the country that the Houthis have practically taken over. So why would the Houthis, basically the Yemen government, start an unprovoked war with Israel? They know that it could very well bring about death and destruction to the people of Yemen. Well, the Houthis, to start, the Houthis are an Iranian terror proxy. They're paid by Iran. They're controlled by Iran. They kill for Iran. They have no concern for the people of Yemen. They just want power and to do Iran's bidding. This is the typical mentally diseased Muslim terrorist mentality. So when the Palestinians massacred 1,200 Israelis, the Houthis immediately jumped on the bandwagon to try to kill Israelis too. That's part of it. Iran doesn't want to be seen as attacking Israel directly, even though they did through Hamas, another one of their terror proxies, and Hezbollah and Lebanon as well. But it's still not the Iranian government doing the attacking. So they use their proxies so they can have some plausible deniability and not have Israel launching missiles at Tehran, which they should be doing anyway. Iran used the Houthis as a proxy in its war with Saudi Arabia too. This is what Iran does. And frankly, again, I'm going to say this clearly. I've been saying this since 1979. I said it publicly in 2007 in the media. 
I'll say it again. They should be the second country in the history of the world to be attacked with nuclear weapons and forced to immediately surrender. All this bullshit happening in the world, death and destruction, much of it is caused by Iran and has been since 1979. Instead of a coalition of the willing to attack the Houthis in Yemen, there should be a coalition of the willing attacking Iran and ending their murderous behavior finally. 45 years I've been calling for it. Why else, by the way, would the Houthis start a war with Israel beyond the fact that they're zombies for Iran? They do things for political reasons, just like Joe Biden. That's the leftist mentality to start. They have a truce with the Saudis after a very long war. The war is, is practically over. It's not fully over. But without an external enemy to fight and blame their failures on, uh, the Houthis needed a diversion, a, a distraction for the moronic people of, of Yemen. And the people are sick of the Houthis there. Prior to October 7, there were protests against their leadership. The Houthis were in a real political crisis in Yemen. And then Hamas bailed them out by massacring Israelis. So the Houthis channeled public opinion against a deep, deeply unpopular enemy, Jews in Israel, that got the Jew-hating public in Yemen going, and under the cover of claiming that they, the Houthis, were acting to help the Palestinians with their attacks on Israel, they made their moronic Jew-hating public happy and distracted, while the Houthis brutally cracked down on the protests in their country. And what are the Houthis' political opponents going to say after what they're doing in Yemen to the protesters? That the Houthis were wrong to attack the Jews? You know, so what if the attack on Israel could get 100,000 people in Yemen killed? You can't take any position politically in Yemen that can be seen as not hating Jews. These people and the great majority of Muslims in the Middle East are just base fucking morons. In a recent poll of Arabs in 16 country, countries, 67% of the respondents said that Hamas's massacre and rape and torture of Israelis on October 7 was legitimate. Only 5% said it wasn't legitimate. These are brainwashed, fanatical, religious morons. 24% of the respondents said that the reason Hamas attacked Israel was to defend the Al-Aqsa Mosque against attacks. That's their holy site in Jerusalem. There's only one problem. Israel has never attacked the mosque ever, and a Hamas rocket would have hit the mosque directly if Israel didn't shoot it out of the sky in December. These are the base morons that exist in the Middle East. Naturally, Israel didn't respond in any meaningful manner to the Houthi attacks, not wanting to open up yet another front in this already two-front war. They're fighting against two other Iranian terror proxies, Hezbollah in London and Hamas in Gaza. But the Houthis attacking Israel didn't lead to any real global condemnation or action. Only when the Houthis began screwing up global trade by attacking ships, the movement of goods, which caused massive delays, increased shipping costs, it caused increases to consumers globally. And when the United States and the Allies struck back, and this was after begging the Houthis to stop multiple times, the far left in America, as well as every Muslim terror state in Russia. Imagine being in, an, in America and you're aligned with every Muslim terror state in Russia. They were all screaming bloody murder, which is just madness. Forget that Iran is responsible for Hamas, Hezbollah, and the Houthis attacks, which have killed thousands. It's America and Israel responding who are the bad guys. And this is what the far left and the terrorists are. They know that they're wrong. They have to know that they're wrong. But they think that if they scream loud enough and intimidate with violence, people will just want them to stop and will give up trying to oppose them. They're shutting down bridges, airports, attacking people in the street, all in support of crazed Muslim terrorists who were all about progressive issues because this is what these muslim terrorists the houthis and and hamas they're all about progressive issues like i don't know child brides yeah killing gays yeah establishing a slavery state in yemen yeah aren't those all progressive issues isn't that why they love the terrorists so much I got news for you. The only reason the leftists worship these fucking savages is because they're killing and trying to kill innocent Jews. There's no other reason. And the American strikes in Yemen, 
After they occurred, the Iranian foreign ministry spokesman said that Iran, quote, strongly condemned the military attacks of the United States and the United Kingdom this morning on several Yemeni cities. He said the strikes were, quote, an arbitrary action. Arbitrary? It was in response to attacks. A clear violation of the sovereignty and territorial integrity of Yemen and a violation of international laws and regulations. Listen to this fucking Iranian ape. He's waxing philosophical about international law and territorial integrity and sovereignty of nations. The Houthis attacked innocent people, attacked innocent ships. They violated the sovereignty of Israel, and Iran helped and directed it. How is this protest by Iran even taken seriously? How does anybody even listen to this? When Iran paid Hamas to violate the sovereignty of Israel by massacring and torturing and burning alive and raping 1,200 Israelis, did Iran talk about territorial integrity then? Of course not. Turkey's Muslim terror president, Turkey's a member of NATO, by the way, before they were a Muslim terror state, they were led into NATO. So naturally, now that they're a Muslim terror state, we haven't kicked them out. They're a so-called ally of America. Uh, the, the, the president said, quote, first of all, the strikes are not proportional. All of these constitute disproportionate use of force. It is as if they aspire to turn the Red Sea into a bloodbath. That's what Erdogan of Turkey said. Like, are you kidding me? Iran has caused the war in Gaza, is directing Hezbollah to fire rockets at Israeli citizens, causing the Houthis to fire missiles at Israel and attacking ships. But it's America that wants to turn the Red Sea into a bloodbath? How is this Muslim killer permitted to be an American ally? It just doesn't make any sense. He keeps calling America and, and Israel genocidal. But he doesn't admit that Turkey's had a huge genocide 110 years ago. They killed, I don't know, 1.3 million Armenians. And this is, he won't even admit that it happened. But we're genocidal maniacs, but that genocide is, oh, just put that underneath the, uh, the carpet. This is our ally? Enough with tolerating crazed Muslim terror maniacs. It doesn't help America. I don't care how many of them they are. We got to stand up for once. <sighs> but naturally, leftist American politicians and citizens agree with Erdogan of Turkey. They love every evil regime that hates America or Jews like clockwork almost. As for Biden, when asked by a reporter if he had it, this one's just, I got to tell you. This one just made me nuts. When he was asked by a reporter if he had a message for Iran in light of the attack on the Houthis, Biden said, quote, I've already delivered the message to Iran. They know not to do anything. Is this guy insane? Iran funded and directed Hamas on October 7, which killed 1,200 people, including dozens of Americans. Iranian proxy Hezbollah has opened up a war against Israel from Lebanon. Iran's proxies have attacked American troops in Syria and Iraq hundreds of times in the past few months, injuring many. And Biden thinks Iran hasn't done anything because they're afraid of him? How is this our president? How are we so weak that we allow Iran to continue to violate and attack us and let our president lie to our faces? Listen, this is the only good thing if Trump comes into office. They're afraid of him. They're terrified of him because they think he's fucking nuts, and he is. We should have attacked him. We had four years while Trump was in office. But, of course, Trump doesn't want any wars. He just wants the terrorism to continue and grow. This leftist slash Muslim terrorist hypocrisy is shocking. And again, it would be funny if it wasn't so dangerous. Leftists are violently rallying for Hamas killers in the United States. Hamas refuses to surrender, refuses to not hide among civilians, and claims they'll continue to massacre Israelis when given the chance. Yet leftists in America says Israel's the bad guy. Listen to some of this stuff. In a flak jacket on a body of a Hamas terrorist killed on October 7, the head of a baby he just beheaded was found that he wanted to take back home as a souvenir. Young Israelis killed by Hamas were found dead with their genitalia cut off and shoved inside their mouths. They hammered nails into the legs of Israeli women after they raped them while they were alive. A young Jewish girl was savagely raped, and then a gun was shoved into her vagina, and the bullet that was fired came out of her head. 
How's that sound? Does that sound like freedom fighters to you? Nine Israeli soldiers were injured, rescuing an elderly man who was wounded when Hezbollah terrorists fired missiles at a church inside Israel. No one seems to care when terrorists fire missiles at church or synagogues, but when Israel tried to evacuate this 80-year-old man, because that's what Israel does. They try to save lives. They don't revel in, in killing people and dying. The terrorists fired at the church again. Meanwhile, terrorists routinely hide their weapons inside mosques and fire weapons from mosques and schools, but scream when Israel scratches the paint on a mosque that is holding terrorists and weapons. Hamas hides bombs and children's toys and backpacks to try to kill Israelis. They've played recording of Israeli toddlers saying, save me, save me from a building. And then the building is booby-trapped when the soldiers go inside to try to rescue what they thought was a child. Keep in mind that Hamas took a nine-month-old baby hostage. Think how sick that is. The booby trap, they booby trap dead bodies with bombs. They wave white flags as if to surrender, then open fire at Israeli troops. They make bombs in the shape of Lego toys. They fire at troops from schools where civilians are sheltering. In nearly every home found in Gaza are either shafts leading to terror tunnels, weapons, and rockets. 75% of Gazans support Hamas even now after they've gotten Gaza destroyed. So-called the Hamas civilians guarded hostages for Hamas in Gaza. The civilians that were told they're civilians, that they're innocent. That makes them Hamas. That means they can and should be eliminated by Israel. In fact, in a just world, Gaza would be carpet bombed as the entire enclave exists for one reason, to kill Israelis. I know it's an uncomfortable thing to have to hear, and we have to pretend that they're human fucking beings, but they're not. We just have to say it because we don't want to upset voters. We don't want to cause more terrorism. But this is a place that is completely steeped in terror. After all these months of destruction, after Hamas invaded Israel, 75% of these people still support Hamas. They're way more popular than before October 7th. And there's nothing left in Gaza. The people simply don't care. They stole billions of dollars in international aid to build their terror tunnels and to buy and make weapons. Why, why do we have to pretend again that these are decent people who want freedom from Hamas? They are Hamas. They're evil demons and they should be destroyed. Or are we just going to continue to let another Muslim terror cancer exist so that they can kill Americans and our allies? Why? Why do we have to let them exist? They're just getting worse because we're afraid that they'll protest violently in New York and shut down the airports again because we need the votes of the scumbags who attack Jews in the streets of New York as they're rioting for Hamas. We don't. We don't need them. Listen to this clip. This is a famous Palestinian activist who lives in Chicago, naturally. His name is Mohammed El-Turd. He's gay, and, and if he stepped into Palestine, his head would be cut off from his body. Just understand that. His head would be removed from his body because he loves men. But he still supports the very people who would kill him. He hates Jews so much that he's willing to overlook the fact that his own people hate his guts and want to kill him. Here's him at a London rally over the weekend discussing what Palestinians should do to Israelis. Okay, listen to this clip. Our day will come, but we must not be complacent. Our day will come, but we must normalize massacres as the status quo. Yes, you heard that correctly. He says that the October 7 massacre of Israelis needs to become a regular event. <laughs> is, this, is this madness? This is what passes for a Palestinian leader, an unrepentant, psychotic maniac who is also a complete hypocrite in his personal life. These people are fully diseased. And the world would be a much better place if they were gone. Now, here is more of their filthy leftist slash Muslim terror lies. Because they're the same people. Somehow all the leftists in America, all the Muslim terror supporters, they cry when a so-called journalist is killed in Gaza by Israel. Have you ever seen so many fucking journalists in your life except in Gaza? Like everybody's a journalist. 
But they're never journalists. They're not journalists. The journalists in Gaza must be part of Hamas or agree with them or else they'll be killed. There's no free press in Gaza. If there was, wouldn't there have been uh, one story reported over the years about the billions of dollars in aid stolen by Hamas to build this gigantic tunnel system below Gaza to be used solely to commit terrorism? They poured thousands of tons of concrete underground for years to build these tunnels. Where were all the members of the press to report on it? It was open and notorious. Where did they get this money? They steal it from idiotic leftist Western nations that they think they're helping the people of Gaza. Somehow all of these so-called journalists in Gaza never once wrote a single investigative piece of journalism reporting any of this because they're not journalists they're jihadists and they're slapping a a press vest on them it doesn't make them a member of the press it allows them to be human shield deaths used as more propaganda against israel in the west when they're killed and when they're killed they're usually in a car with other hamas members or carrying weapons for jihad these are all good kills Kills to be celebrated. You act like, look, when one of these terrorists gets killed, act like a Palestinian when a Jewish child has his throat cut. You pass out candy to other kids. That's what. That's the Palestinian way of celebrating. What a happy thing. <sighs> Yet the far left in America, they just report every lie that Hamas provides them as a talking point. It's utter madness. This is in America now. It's no longer just over there. But here is the big tie-in. These same lying scumbags who who are lying for Hamas, lying for the Houthis, they're the same ones who claim that Harvard president Claudine Gay was the victim of racism when she was forced to resign. They'll say the most insanely obvious lie and look at you like you're crazy if you don't believe it. Claudine Gay committed like 50 acts of plagiarism. She's a fraud. She wasn't qualified for the job of president of Harvard, as she had almost no scholarly works. She got hired due solely to the color of her skin, and naturally she flopped. Not only was she inferior intellectually, but she hates Jews and allowed the Harvard campus to become wildly anti-Semitic and let Jews get attacked on campus with no punishment. And then was too stupid to say in a public hearing that calling for the murder of Jews, the genocide of Jews, on Harvard's campus was a violation of Harvard policy. That was a tough question. Yet somehow when Liz McGill, the president of Penn, who also testified badly about the call to to kill Jews on Penn's campus, when she resigned, the leftist BLM Muslim terror crowd, they barely made a peep. But when Claudine Gay was fired for the same reasons, plus rampant academic fraud, they claim it was racist. It's not racist. She was an incompetent, dishonest Jew hater. I'm sorry that she was black. For you, not for me. Her getting the job was affirmative action. Her being allowed to remain as a professor at Harvard after she quit the presidency was affirmative action. All it did in the end was make blacks look bad. An incompetent, Jew-hating fraudster failed in the most high-profile of jobs. It's not good for the black community. Now, the black community is wildly anti-Semitic on a good day. But when they claim that everything that happens to them bad is based in racism, then nothing is racist. Being incompetent shouldn't get you a job or an admission in a school that you don't deserve just because of your skin color. Because all it does is reinforce racist beliefs that blacks are inferior, and it gives fuel to every racist who says this. Why make it so easy for them? How about just giving the job or the admission to the most competent candidate? Maybe there should be less majors in colleges, by the way, less majors in, in black studies, gender studies, social justice, racial justice, gender justice, How about learning to think critically when you go to college? Maybe produce something and work hard instead of just studying to become a race hustler. You think letting inferior people take jobs that they don't deserve, you don't think it doesn't weaken our country? It does. 
at University of Michigan, they're going to spend more than $18 million this academic year on salary and benefits for its diversity, equity, and inclusion staff. Does anybody who's listening here really know what diversity, equity, and inclusion is at these schools other than racists hustling race for money? That $18 million figure equals the cost of in-state tuition for 1,075 students. Instead, it's given to 142 DEI staffers at an average of $126,000 for each race hustler. And DEI programs will dominate every leftist American college campus and try to brainwash every kid they can. It's really reparations. It's really the redistribution of wealth. Rich white people that are paying the tuition goes to these fucking race hustlers. That's all it is. Why don't they just call it what it is? All right. Like Claudine Gay, who resigned for her academic fraud and Jew hate, but was still permitted to be a Harvard professor, getting paid $900,000 a year. She's an utter academic fraud who should, be, been, should have been fired instantly. She makes more money significantly than the Harvard basketball coach, who is just the winningest coach in Harvard basketball history, almost by two times. And he isn't a serial academic criminal who openly hates Jews. To blacks in top colleges, if you want the other kids to think you're not idiots, work hard and justify your admission, despite many of you not coming close to qualifying academically. There's a reason the SAT was eliminated as a requirement for incoming students. I can assure you it's not because whites were having difficulties with the exam. I can assure you it's because leftist colleges and universities wanted to get more minorities into schools at the cost to white students who were more academically qualified, solely to racially engineer society by getting more minorities to graduate from top schools. That's a fact. Now, look, I get that many minorities don't have the advantages white kids have when it comes to help with standardized testing or tutoring at school. I get it. And to pretend otherwise is just a lie. I get it. And students who are smart but underprivileged, they should get breaks. But it shouldn't be broken down by color of skin. It should be based on facts of the student's background. There's plenty of white kids that are poor and underprivileged as well. Race is not a factor. The result of race might be. But the fact is it cannot be the only factor. You can have poor white kids, as I said, who didn't have any help with tutors and they shouldn't be penalized due to the color of their skin. And I say the same thing about legacy admissions. Listen, they're mostly white kids, rich white kids whose parents went to the school. If they're not able to get in on their own without a push due to the, their parents, well, they shouldn't get in either. Well, the schools want the money from the parents, from the legacies. That's why they let the kids in. You know, if it's just about money, they take enough money from Muslim terror states, I think they don't have to take in legacies also. Affirmative action hurts blacks because it reinforces every negative stereotype of blacks in schools. Every black who kicked ass in college, who got into college due to great grades and scores, the rest of the world thinks you're a fraud who got into school due to the color of your skin only. And listen, I call it as I see it. I represent blacks, browns, Muslims, every race, every religion, every nationality, and I fight to the death for them, the same as I would for anyone. I consider Al Sharpton a friend, and I have fought to the death for black clients whose lives I've saved. The same with Muslim clients. Fight to the death for them. They know it, I know it, but I'm not going to lie, I'm not going to appease I don't need to kiss ass to get work. So that's the truth, whether you like it or not. And as we look around us and see the country falling apart, it's because we're letting a crazy few have an oversized influence on the rest of us. Partly because we're too busy working, partly because they're simply acting as domestic terrorists. That's why they attack us physically in the streets, because they think we won't fight back. That's why they do it, for no other reason, to intimidate. And I've said this before, and I'll say it again. Violence is okay. Sometimes it's the answer. Sometimes it's the only answer. I have no problem with violence being used against Muslim terror supporters that are rioting in our country, leftists who are burning down our cities. 
no problem at all with any violence coming to them and, and ending their lives because they deserve it. We can't allow the country to simply disappear. It's not right. Part of it, though, is our own laziness. We have good young people, many, and many who even listen to this podcast. Don't take the easy path. Work harder than everybody else. Don't waste your lives on stupid shit. Leave a legacy. Leave an example for your children to follow. America is the greatest country this world has ever known. The opportunities are limitless. I came from nothing to become what I am. You can too. Everybody can. You can be anything you want here. It all depends on your willingness to work and sacrifice. Don't let the people who hate us destroy us here. Fight for what we have here. We've got people here who are good, who love freedom, who have fought and who have died for freedom. We're extremely lucky to have this great country, but it can easily be lost if we let these garbage people destroy us due to our own laziness and unwillingness to fight them back. When you see them, defeat them where you find them. Stand for what's right, and not just in words and opening your yap like me on a podcast. Do something. And look, all immigrants aren't bad. I mean, we let 13 million of them this year. We destroyed the country. But there are good immigrants who love this place, who would fight and die for America. Look to them. They're not Islamists who want to destroy America that are coming here solely to undermine us, to try to destroy us. They're here to work their asses off and to create, to produce. And they work to support their families. Many have employees. They support their families as well. And they provide strong examples for what is right and good in their businesses. And as successful as people are here, we want our kids to be more successful. That's what's different between us and the Islamists and the leftists. We want our kids to achieve more than we ever did. That's the American dream. And we're at a turning point in America. I firmly believe it. I think it started when Obama was elected. I warned back then in, uh, in, in 2008. Electing Obama would ultimately change America forever. Immediately, he began undermining America by bringing in people who hate us, by apologizing to Muslim terror states. How else can you explain that 15 years after he took office, we have Hamas riots in New York City by ground zero? Is that what we want America to be? Stand up. No mercy. No quarter for our enemies. Fight to the end for yourselves, for your children, for your country. Jeffrey Lickman for Beyond the Legal Limit. You can find me on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever podcasts can be found. Thanks for tuning in. Sorry for such a long break. See you next week.